Welcome to the Soul Talks podcast, where we equip pastors, leaders, and other men and women in ministry to thrive with Jesus in their life and leadership. Now let's join Bill and Christy Galtier, doctors in psychology, spiritual directors, and founders of Soul Shepherding. Hello, friends. We are so glad for you to join Soul Talks. This is Bill Galtier and Christy and I are on the road. We just finished leading a soul shepherding retreat for a few days for a hundred missionaries with a paraclete. And that was a great time in the Santa Fe, New Mexico area, Glorieta. And now we are driving to Atlanta to lead our soul shepherding Institute. And we thought we would try doing a soul talks here in the car. Hi friends. And so I thought that we would talk about the, uh, challenges that you're having, Christy, with uh, your loss of taste. We've talked about this maybe a couple months ago, but it's continuing since you had COVID, what, about eight months ago or something. And it really brings up the issue that many of us struggle with, with either chronic pain or chronic deprivation. When we've got something in our body, or it could even be in our emotions or in a relationship that is hurting, and it just is continual and chronic. And uh, then recently you had a problem with a, a dental procedure that left you in chronic pain. And so you had the combination of the chronic pain plus the chronic deprivation of every time you eat food not tasting good. So I know that so many of you who are listening deal with these kinds of losses emotionally, personally, or in your relationships or in your body dealing with chronic pain. And so one of the things that we really try to do in soul shepherding is to give you words for your experience, for your feelings, for your faith, for your relationships. And uh, Christian and I seek to be wounded healers, uh, as many of you do. And uh, we so appreciate having you in our community and so appreciate hearing from you and your stories, your testimonies of how God is working in your life. So, Christy, could you describe for us what what you've been experiencing? Well, I think it's been tough because it's not just that I've lost my taste, but it's that a number of foods, foods especially that have protein or are healthy or necessary or hard to avoid, taste very bad, very distorted, very rancid or putrid. And so it makes it hard, especially like now when we've been on the road and I don't have much control over my diet. It's been hard to get enough to eat and to be able to get the nutrition that I need and also to not just feel that constant sense of, oh, it's so dissatisfying. <laughs> I'm so craving and desiring to have something that would, would actually taste good and feel satisfying. And then with the tooth problem, to have pain upon eating too is especially just exacerbated the desolation that needing to eat breaks me. So it's like every day, a few times a day or more, you're feeling this sense of of loss and whatever emotional comfort or satisfaction or just positive feelings of looking forward to eating all that is gone for you and it's been gone just for all these months yeah and i think sometimes it also tempts me to feel maybe fearful like my needs aren't going to be able to be met or to feel sometimes maybe to feel a little bit jealous like that other people are enjoying good things or man i wish i could enjoy that or oh i'll still haven't crave things but it's just that act the actual taste 
of them is very different than the craving. <laughs> so it's the recurring feeling that you're missing out. Yeah. Yeah. Wishing I could have something, but knowing that if I had it, it would be really bad. It would taste really bad. Yeah. If I, as I've been listening to you talk about this over, over the, these months, I've realized how much I take for granted the, the pleasures and comfort of food and how much emotionality is associated with, with our eating. Definitely. I think that it's been a way that I often appreciate God's goodness even, or even a way that maybe I self-soothe. Well, of course, this goes back to, for all of us to being infants and nurtured by our, our mothers or caregivers uh, being fed. And a lot of times we grew up in families where food was a reward system or a, a way of showing love, like even excessively, like in, in place of nurture and empathy and listening and uh, affirmation. And many of us have these emotional, these strong feeling connections to, to eating and then to the sense of deprivation if we're not able to eat or not able to get the food that we want. Well, thankfully, most of the time, I'm able to still stay in joy and it doesn't, it doesn't really get to me. It doesn't really cause a problem. But we just, I think the reason why you wanted to record right now on the road is because we just had a situation where I've been having a really hard time. And so I was sharing with you as you were eating, that it was, it was really hard for me and my lunch didn't taste good. And you were empathizing with me and you were drawing me out about that. Well, and, and as I just mentioned at the outset, part of the difficulty today is that for the last week, you've been in pain in your teeth because of a uh, tooth procedure that didn't go well and has left you in quite a lot of, quite a bit of mouth pain. And so that daily pain uh, has just been wearing on you. And I know some of you listening have, have chronic pain, like a lot longer than a week. And that just is, can be exhausting. And so when you have chronic pain or if you're recovering from a, uh, an illness uh, or a surgery, these kinds of things that are just draining us. If going through chemotherapy, you know, we have friends and loved ones who've been in that position. And so when, when your energy is being sapped, from pain like this, it makes everything else, the, the other trials in life, the, the conflicts, the losses, so much harder. It does. And it also makes it hard because you don't want to be complaining all the time. You don't want to always be, woe is me, or bringing it to other people's attention. But then it's also hard because you're aware that it's affecting you and that you're having a hard time being your normal level of functioning and joy and relationality because it's wearing on you. So that, that's what was happening to me. And so I finally just told you at lunch, I, I needed to just be honest with you that I was, it's, it's like it was my ability to contain it. It's like the lid was <laughs> starting to break. Well, unfortunately I, I knew that you were having emotions. And so that's why I asked you about that. And I knew to give you empathy and grace for what you were feeling. But if I hadn't, had the experiences and training that I've had, if I didn't know you like I did, then I might say to you something like, well, gee, you're being kind of negative, or it seems like you're complaining. Uh, then that might be an understandable response to have uh, in my position there, but that would have been super hurtful for you. It would have, yeah. Or if you had said, 
well, you should just be happy your physical needs can be bad and you can eat even though it doesn't taste good or something. Because I'm saying that to myself. I'm, I'm right. trying, I'm working myself to try to find things to be grateful for and to try not to complain. But if you had said it, yeah, that would have been like, yeah, you just can't begin to get it. And, and I already probably feel like you couldn't understand it anyway because you're not living with the pain I'm living with and you're not living with the loss I'm living with. So in other words, you're having trouble accepting your own grief and, and loss and lament around this. And so if I would have responded with anything other than uh, grace and acceptance, that, that would have been doing like two against none. You would uh -huh. have felt buried yes. there. Yeah, definitely. It would have been shaming for you. Yes, very. It's, I think it brings up the point whenever we're suffering in our body, in our emotions, in our relationship, how much we need to be able to to talk about it and process it with someone, hopefully share it with somebody as under the Lord uh, as a way of helping us to receive God's comforting presence. Of course, we can pray in private and meditate in scripture, which, which are real important to do. Uh, but it's a, a great process for our soul care when we have a safe relationship with someone that is able to be emotionally present and have the strength to, to hold our emotions, to, to really listen, and, and validate. So that's, that, that gave you strength at, at lunch, just the conversation that we had. Well, it did because it also, it, it helps me to know that I'm not alone. And so this is helping you not to discount your feelings because I think there's a side of you that would say, oh, it's just food. There are so many other people suffering so much worse things than this. Yeah. Definitely. So when you're telling yourself that kind of a thing that's, that's invalidating your emotions and it's like there's this voice, this sort of uh, impatient, unkind parent voice inside of you saying, oh, come on, Christy, just, you know, look on the bright side or snap out of it or it's really not that big a deal. At least you can eat and have the nutrition you need. And these sorts of messages are, are playing in, in your mind, which when you listen to that, it starts to get depressing. It does. It starts to feel very depressing. I start to feel bad about myself, shame, like I, I'm who would want to be with me when I'm this way? Why can't I just cope with this without having the emotions? So it illustrates why you or, or any of you who are listening, any of us, when we're in this situation, we need, we need a voice of grace outside of ourselves. Yes. Because sometimes we think that we ought to be able to just take care of it ourselves. Or, or maybe, you know, me and Jesus in my Bible, we should be able to do it. But God has given us the body of Christ and he's told us to love one another. And to weep with those who weep and rejoice with those who rejoice. So we, we really need each other in this sense to like help us breathe emotionally. Yeah. And I think too, it helped me that when I shared with you, instead of you reacting to my, what I would judge as complaining, instead of you reacting to that and be frustrated with me or impatient with me or unloving, instead you felt what I feel, and then you you showed concern, and you gave me an opportunity if there was more that I wanted to say or more that I wanted to process about it, and you also validated it, that, yeah, this is hard. This feels like a, a deprivation of suffering, and it's going on a long time, and you, you started to put some words and help me to understand that you were understanding the loss for me and the difficulty and the challenge, and so that helped me to not feel alone as well as to feel validated, to feel your love instead of like judgment. Well, related to that, at just a very basic level, I needed to put down my phone, right? Because we've, 
we were having lunch outside and I would think I was checking baseball scores and yeah, I could have like half listened to you while I'm half looking at my phone and that wouldn't have felt good for you. No. <laughs> you, you don't want to compete with uh, the uh, Los Angeles Angels baseball team. You want my attention. So it's the eye contact. It's the facial countenance looking upon you with, with interest and, and concern. I wasn't really conscious of it at the time, but yeah, I think probably that's true, since especially since the food wasn't tasting good. We probably wanted to enjoy, enjoy being with you. Yeah. I wanted a connection. It also brings up the point that there's two kinds of empathy. There's cognitive empathy that is with uh, a thoughtfulness and articulation of words that's describing what somebody's emotions are, with what their experiences, their needs, their questions. But then there's also the emotional empathy that feels what somebody feels and has a, a heart that's warm and, and concerned. And I, I would say both of those are important to you. That's true. I'm wondering, as you were listening to me, though, I imagine that there might be a part of you that wants to resist it, but doesn't want to hear it. It doesn't want to have to be tuned in that I'm suffering with ways well i appreciate you saying that sometimes i do feel that way if i'm under stress myself or in some situation of conflict or pain or under pressure working then it's hard to make that space and take in what you feel but it wasn't hard today and probably i think we'd say normally it's not because i see i see that you're suffering and i feel like well this is something i can do i know i know that if i'm attentive and concerned and I care for you and I ask you questions, I draw you out and I put words of what it seems that you're feeling and I just stay with that and just keep keep coming back to understand better that that's going to, over time, that's going to lift your spirit. It's going to lighten lighten the load of your, your grief and, and stress and loss and everything and being able to be Christ's ambassador there to, to minister God's grace to you. Thank you for that. And, and to be honest, my suffering does affect you because it, it sometimes controls what, what we, where we eat or if we can eat and when we can eat or not. And it sometimes adds a stress for you because you'll maybe feel guilty like yesterday where you ate without me because it would, wouldn't have tasted good to me. I mean, that's lonely for you. That doesn't feel good to you. And you haven't been complaining about that. You've been supportive and even you're being willing to go ahead and eat when i don't want to because it's going to taste so bad i've appreciated that too because it would be worse for me if my suffering made your suffering worse or made you have to suffer unnecessarily yeah well, i would probably always be willing to eat because i just want to eat but i understand what you're saying that i because i do prefer to eat with you and so i would like i but at the same time in the retreat that we just led uh, in New Mexico for the missionaries, we guided them all to have lunch with Jesus in solitude and silence. And we, we do that in our, we'll be doing that in Atlanta at our Soul Shepherding Institute this week. And so we've, we've done this many times. And so I just slotted right into that, that spiritual relational habit that I have. And I had, I lunch with Jesus and I, I opened up the Bible on my phone and uh, from the, one of the passages that was shared in church that morning, uh, Psalm 90, and I just 
was reading and praying Psalm 90 through the message. And I was looking out at a beautiful scene of the uh, river there in downtown uh, Greenville, South Carolina, where we spent a couple of days uh, for rest and, and renewal. And so I, I had a good time with Jesus. I mean, I was concerned for you and because it was taking you a while to get back to lunch. And I, I knew that you were in the same quandary yet again, like you need to eat. And if you don't eat, you're, you're going to going to be hungry you're going to get low on energy and, and that's going to be tempting you to sort of get cranky and, and have, have some have some real difficulty but it's so hard to eat when it doesn't taste good and when you're not getting any pleasure from it so i was very aware of that but i was i was able to just spend that that hour uh with jesus and and uh i was fine well i appreciated that because i don't want my not being able to get my needs met to keep you from getting your needs met. Yeah, well, if, those of you that don't know, Christy's an Enneagram 2, and so this is a great little case study on the Enneagram 2 here. It's hard for uh, Enneagram 2s to, and other types, like sometimes 9s and 6s, or if you have a 2 wing or a line to the 2 on the Enneagram, it's hard to, like, take care of your own needs. You're more oriented around take care of other people's needs. More or less, that's probably many of you listening, because we're all here in the soul shepherding community. We're people that are caregivers, uh, shepherds, uh, ministers, leaders, we are living our lives in many ways for others, which is so much the call of being a Christian. So Christy, there's another part of this that would be helpful, I think, for our listeners for you to share about. And, and I think that we all experience what I'm about to say, but it's just so often in life that it feels like the hard, painful things pile on top of each other, whether it's uh, stress or pain in our bodies or problems that our loved ones are having but we've had just a, a slew of stuff here uh, in recent weeks and months with the passing of our brother-in-law ted at only 52 years old leaving my sister a widow three decades before she would have ever imagined this and leaving behind two children and your mom dealing with uh, cancer as well now also advanced and challenges with that how to how to care for her and uh, she's so important to us and the whole family it's been a lot of hard things that we've experienced so your struggle we're talking about with losing your taste and even the the tooth pain that you were having these things are on top of some other stressors and uh, and pains we always say grief triggers grief and, and also it's like pain stacks on top of pain yeah, there's a lot right now. I'm grieving, grieving losses with family and having three major people in the family that are our support system to us personally and in our ministry. The loss there, the threat of loss there, that's that's tough. We're feeling that hit. It's, yeah, the third one is your, your sister because we're, we're concerned for our other brother-in-law, her husband just got a diagnosis of cancer and so yeah it's just um it's, it's a deluge of, of cancer diagnoses and, and battles as well as some of you listening are going through this and so it, it's it's a lot and we, we feel this deeply and we're vulnerable to what we talk about in soul shepherding is one of the examples of the wall that we can hit in the, in the journey of the soul that christ stages of faith from our book journey of the soul one of those walls is compassion fatigue. And so as we're caring for people who are suffering, we love them. We want to care for them. But it, it does 
does take a toll. Yeah, it, it does. And I think that there's a sense in which as long as I'm letting myself have the times to feel my feelings, to process my grief, to be able to be emotionally honest with God, with you, with other safe people who I know love me, the ambassadors of Jesus to me, then most of the time I'm able to return joy and function really well and really enjoy life in God's kingdom. But if I'm not doing that and I go too long without a period of being able to be honest and to process and share these sufferings, these pains, these desolations, then that's when it, it starts to be dangerous. It starts to get in the way of my relationship with God, my trust in him and my ability to really function well. So I used a term there, uh, returning to joy. And in unpacking that, you, you were explaining that uh, it's important for you to be emotionally honest and to receive compassion, tenderhearted listening and understanding. And this helps you return to joy. And I don't think many people would think of it that way. Because usually when we talk about uh, being joyful, particularly in, in our Christian circles, we talk about positive thoughts or saying scripture to yourself or being kind to yourself, things, things like this. But you're saying that what helps you to be joyful in a, in a trial is to be emotionally honest. To be able to have a, have a time when I'm able to be emotionally honest with myself, with God, with another safe person who loves me, who loves God, that that helps me tremendously to return to joy. If I am trying to deny those emotions, control those emotions on my own, try to hide those from other people because I don't want to be a burden, uh, then it, it clearly affects my ability to be present and to, to be able to be joyful and enjoy the good things that God still has given me. Could you say more about what it means to you to return to joy when you, when you say that? What because that means a lot to you that our listeners might not be realizing. Well, yeah. So if I had shared with you at lunch, then I maybe wouldn't have been able to just return to joy and get free of the negative emotion. There's something in acknowledging the emotion and naming it. It's kind of like Fred Rogers said, mentionable makes it manageable. There's something about being able to identify it and say it and own it and say, I'm struggling with this. This is what I'm feeling. This is because when I'm having the emotion, it's like it's, it's affecting my vision and perspective and perception of everything. But when I share it and I name it and I see what it is, it helps me to realize, okay, that's what's going on. That's the drain I'm feeling on my soul or in my body. Um, that's affecting my attitude. And then it helps me to get free of that so that I can see more of a whole picture and reorient more of a perspective of, but I'm still loved. And what really matters I have, Jesus is here with me. And look, I've got the enjoyment and the blessing to be with you right now. And the beauty of this blue sky and these green trees we're passing. And I, I, it's just, instead of it blocking my vision, it recedes then. And I'm able to return to enjoying the goodness of God and his kingdom. That's really helpful because, yeah, yesterday we had a great day uh, walking around Greenville and uh, going for the bike ride and uh, went to a play and just 
this time time together that we really enjoy and it was a wonderful sabbath day so lots of joy yesterday but then uh, today the, the accumulation of tooth pain and then uh, not being able to enjoy your your food would hit you at, at lunch and so you lost your joy you lost the happiness you lost the the positive mood and energy that you had uh, it, and so what you're saying is that by admitting what you were feeling the emotions that were going on and then receiving that empathy that helped you again c- come back into a, a, a full hearted from the deep inside of yourself welling up enjoying the moment enjoying god's blessings yes yeah and I, maybe it helps me to release the emotions bill when i share well you quoted uh fred rogers this uh, mr rogers neighborhood i love that for those of you that don't know christian are writing a book on uh, your emotions and personality and one of the stories we're telling is fred rogers story and he says that his basic theme in his television ministry to children and, and the show mr rogers neighborhood that went on for so many years uh, many of us watched as kids or our kids watched his basic theme was feelings are mentionable and manageable. Yeah, you're, you're concurring with that and how helpful that is to you when your emotions are accepted and the grief, the pain, uh, the stress, when that is accepted by somebody, it really helps you keep your, like we say, keep your relational centers on, the part of, your, of our brains that is activated in relationship, it helps you to stay your best self. It does. And also my experience of that, it motivates and it encourages me to offer that to other people too, to offer them that gift of giving them a space to be interested in what they feel, what they experience and to listen to them and let them express that and to not feel impatient or frustrated with them and their, their need for that, but to actually be grateful that I could give that because I know the difference it makes. That's such a great point, Christy, because what you're illustrating is how you're following Jesus' commandment that we would love our neighbor as ourself. So you're saying that as you care for your own self and receive God's love through, through nature, through um, me or a friend who's giving you compassion, that that, that infilling that, that soul care for you helps you to have the, the, the energy and the fullness, the, the presence, the joy, the love, the care for other people. Yes, that's right. Yeah, sometimes we miss that, I think, as, as Christians and as people who are uh, helpers and leaders, care for others. So often we get so focused on others and the needs of others seem so much, seem so important, so great, and we diminish. The, the time and energy that needs to go into our own care and that requires things beyond just doing nice things for ourselves or activities that we enjoy it also includes being in relationships where we feel understood and supported and encouraged and cared for that's that's really important for our health as ministers yes very so before we close christy i, I wonder is there is there a particular prayer or scripture that has been helpful to you as you're dealing with the, the loss of taste and the other challenges that you've been experiencing recently? Well, definitely the Lament Psalms are helpful for me because they're examples of 
kind of invitations that it is okay for us to to lament to the Lord that that maybe the Lord would want to hold that space for us. Like I said, I feel privileged to do for others. And it, it validates my being able to turn to the Lord and lament the loss, the pain, to cry out and know that I'm heard and I'm loved and I'm accepted and that he understands and I'm not alone. So that that definitely helps. And I think to the other scriptures that help is being able to just remember to that there's always things that I still can rejoice in and to return to that, to return to look for the good, not as a form of denying the bad, but after having processed and prayed through the grief to also then reorient and looking for the good. Thanks for sharing, Christy. It's so helpful for all of us when you just articulating your own wounds and losses and hurts that uh, helps us find words for our experiences and helps us to uh, trust God more deeply by bringing our inner self to the Lord. So, so good to have all of you with us on Soul Talks. We, as we're heading to Atlanta, we wish that some of you will be with us. We're going to have a group of about 35. Whenever we get to be with any of you in the Soul Talk community, we just love what special people you are, your heart for God and your desire to grow in his likeness and his character and your engagement in really taking responsibility with the soul that God has entrusted you to and then your desire to overflow and to love your neighbor as well and and of course first most to to love God with your whole person so we love being with you we always enjoy meeting you because once again we just think oh here these are our peeps yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. So until the next time we talk, we pray the Lord will help you to elevate your conversations into opportunities for intimacy with the Lord and soul care for yourself and others. So good to be in life with you. Christy, would you pray for our listeners? And let's just think about pray for somebody who right now is going through a loss or, or some pain or something that's really distressful. Jesus, we do ask that you would send one of your ambassadors, Lord, somebody who can represent you to our listeners who are suffering or in pain or hurting and someone who could offer your empathetic presence and listening and love and validation that you see their tears, you hear their grief, you understand their loneliness, you understand their discouragement and even their wrestling with their questions as to why, Lord, why are you allowing them to suffer this? And it feels, probably feels so meaningless, so insignificant to them. And so, Lord, we just ask that you would, you would minister to them, that you would show yourself and your love and your care, and also that you would strengthen them to be able to process and identify all of the emotions of grief that they're feeling and loss and hurt, but also to be able to get free of those and return to enjoying your goodness, your presence, and your many gifts of beauty and love that surround them in every way, that they would be able to return to joy and to praise to you, and then also to be able to take those dips again when they need to go back down and do the grief work and to share and to receive support and love and, and healing and validation, that you would provide that in their rhythm and that 
he would help them to know that even in the valley of the shadow of death, they are not alone. You are with them. Thank you that you are the one that works this all for good and that even our times that seem like difficult, meaningless sufferings that you promise that you use even those to grow us in character. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey friends, Christian Eric said to let you know that we now have coaches in our Soul Shepherding ministry. If you go to our website, you can, right now you could schedule an appointment to meet with a Soul Shepherding coach. Our coaches specialize in helping you in your leadership and in your influence. They specialize in your best life in Jesus' easy yoke. How do we actually live and work in Jesus' easy yoke? And they have many different tools to help you uh, in your effectiveness, in your relationships, and in your life emotional and relational health and so check us out on soulsharpening.org coaching and uh, schedule a a meeting with a coach who will listen to you with empathy pray for you and guide you in practical ways where you can make real and substantial changes in your life in your work in your relationships in your ministry thank you for joining us on the soul talks podcast To find out more about growing in your life and leadership, subscribe to the podcast and visit us at soulshepherding.org.